Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Childcare can be one of the most expensive aspects of having children. The average family in the United States with at least one child under five years old has to spend about 13% of their income for childcare, according to the Treasury Department. In San Diego, the going rate is $1,500 per month for infant care. In California, help paying for childcare is available, but as a new series by UT reporter Kristen Takeda shows, the programs fall short, failing to help hundreds of thousands of families. Kristen is here with me now. Hi there. Hi, Christy. Uh, well, tell me about this project, what inspired it, and what were you hoping to find out? Yeah, so I think I have first had the idea for looking into this actually four years ago. It was already a long time ago. But um, back then, I wrote one story about a report that came out from the U- University of San Diego. And it talks about a lot of the, it mentioned a lot of the issues that I'm talking about in this series. So, you know, the whole issue of there aren't enough. Uh, there isn't enough funding to cover everybody who qualifies for subsidized childcare or um, subs- uh, basically state financial aid for childcare. Talked about the issue of, you know, if you're making enough money to get by in high cost areas like San Diego, then you are automatically um, basically like disqualified from getting help paying for childcare, even though obviously there are many families who need help paying for it. Um, despite not qualifying for the for that help. So, um, and then, yeah, one of the issues that especially, I guess, kind of um, got me interested in reporting more deeply on this was the report talked about this phenomenon where actually funding for childcare from the state is being returned to the state from counties because for various reasons, it wasn't able to be used. So I was just thinking like, wow, that's so seems like really backwards or like why is that happening when we need we clearly need more child care and people can't afford it so why is this happening why aren't we sending money back so I wanted to look into all of these issues and I just found them really interesting and relevant because um, child care is such a crucial part of not just the economy but for it's crucial for for education and children and development um, I usually write about K-12 education, but it's like those early years before they go to K-12 school that are especially crucial for brain development. So um, this is like a very important time period of children's lives. And so if we're not serving them, if we're not providing care and education for families during this time, and um, if people are having to make all these kinds of sacrifices because they can't afford it, then that really deserves um, like more attention. And specifically, I wanted to look at um, the government's role in this and the subsidy system. I just hadn't seen, I've seen a lot of like uh, coverage of the general childcare crisis, you know, they're not being enough and it being expensive, but I wanted to look more closely at specifically the subsidy system because that is like the one major source of help that is available for families. But if it's missing families that it's supposed to be paying for, then I wanted to explain why. Okay, well, let's talk about your findings. So your first story just came out in the series, and it details how California's childcare programs are failing Californians. I know it's kind of a complicated issue, but I mean, can you give me an overview of the things that are causing this problem? 
Yeah. So um, like I mentioned, yeah, California does provide um, subsidized child care for families who qualify. And to qualify, you have to meet certain income. You have to fall under certain income limits. And that is um, part of the reason why there are families who are who need help paying for child care are not getting it or can't qualify for it because um, the income limits are um, are. I guess argue or a lot of uh, advocates argue they're too low. So it's 85% of like the state median income. But that level means that um, if you're making enough to get by in California, then you automatically don't qualify. In a lot of cases, you automatically don't qualify for that um, childcare subsidy. Um, so that's one reason is... Um, or that's one issue that's happening is that there are families falling in that gap between qualifying and affording childcare themselves. And then on the other hand, for the families who do qualify, there are actually um, hundreds of thousands who are eligible for subsidized childcare, but they're not enrolled and they're not getting that care for various reasons. So we um, we uh, got some data from the American Institutes of Research they're, they have this tool called the Early Learning Needs Assessment Tool that calculated this. And they've, uh, according to that data, fewer than 20% of children under four um, were who qualify for subsidized childcare are not getting it. And we focused on children under four because um, transitional kindergarten starts at four years old. So that's like a new, that's an expanding grade level that's free for families. So we wanted to focus on what happens to kids before they are able to go to school. You you spoke to a few families who found themselves in this situation. Can you tell me about their lives? Yeah, so uh one of the uh one of the families I included was uh or a couple of families they yeah, fall in that gap between qualifying and uh being able to afford care on their own. So one of those um one of those parents, Sarah Reynoso, she had talked about um, she's having to stay at home, uh, or she's having to work from home while taking care of her very newborn baby because she can't afford infant care. So that is like a great source of stress for her because she tried doing that before with her older daughter, for, with her older child, her daughter, and she ended up crying herself to sleep at night because she felt like she was failing at both being a mom and her job, and so. It's and I mean just logistically, it's it, it's really it sounds very difficult to be caring for a baby, um, a very newborn baby while doing work, um, like forty hours a week. So that is very uh, that's like one example of the kind of um sacrifice that parents have had to make to make childcare work. And then another family I spoke to, um, Amanda Buzzell. She talked about um, uh, a mom named Amanda Buzzle. She talked about how she actually gave up her career for now. She like quit her job because she couldn't make childcare work for her three kids, um, and one of her kids is a is a baby. So um, she and that was a big sacrifice for her because her career was really important to her. She felt like it gave her personal fulfillment, which um, obviously or I like people shouldn't have to give up um or 
like what she was saying is people shouldn't have to give up um you know their personal uh i guess desires or like ambitions for um i guess be- because they can't make childcare work so um yeah she's now a stay at home mom full time and um but she does miss her work and having something personal for herself that belongs to her and isn't i guess um only you know like um like or yeah something that she can do on her own i guess and so um those are two examples yeah of sacrifices that uh moms have had to make for childcare and then the third uh main family i mentioned in the story was Perla Elkins, she is an example of a family who does qualify for subsidized care, but she hasn't gotten it yet. She has applied on the applied for the waitlist months ago and still hasn't heard back. And so there's an issue also where um if you you can qualify for care, but that doesn't guarantee you get it because it all depends on like whether funding is available. So if you are in the higher uh if you are in the higher tier of income levels on the waiting list, then you might never get a call back offering care because um, it's always going to prioritize the families with lower incomes. So that's why the average or income level of families being served through subsidized childcare is really low. It's um, it's I believe it was less than fifty thousand dollars a year is like the app is like the vast majority of families who are being served by California's child care program. So um, that's a, a another is- issue. So Perla is having to rely on family members. Some of them are elderly family members to care for her baby. Um, and she's also her, she and her husband are also kind of taking turns caring for their baby. So everybody is um, kind of having to sacrifice some time an effort because um, they can't afford childcare. Okay, well, you you just mentioned the childcare shortage, which you know exists for all families, whether or not they're applying for subsidies. Um, so, how is this affecting people? Do we have a grasp of how many people are going without childcare? First of all, um, yeah, that that sh- uh, the childcare shortage is a big issue, and it's especially an issue though, more so for infants. Um, especially infants for the youngest children. So it's because infant care is so expensive. It's the most expensive kind of child care to provide. So um, because the costs are high, like providers are very limited and are, it's really hard for providers to expand infant care um, if they're already, and this is what I'm going to talk about in my next story coming up Sunday is that um the providers are not paid enough to meet their real costs. So, and because of that, they're, they're underpaying themselves. They're not able to open more childcare spaces or programs. And that's adding a whole nother layer to this um, childcare issue. So, um, and then in terms of um, the, how that's uh, affecting or how many families that's affecting. So I think it's a little, um, it's a little, I think it's a little difficult to get an exact number of how many families are going without childcare when they need it, because families are making a lot of sacrifices that we're not 
accounting or that we're not counting um, data wise, I guess, or they might be making a lot of um, sacrifices that we are not showing up in things like, you know, the numbers of people who are applying for subsidized childcare and things like that. Um, sacrifices like what I mentioned, those families, uh, these families are doing like giving up, um, like either giving up work or having families um, uh, kind of informally take care of their children. So um, there are, uh, I guess and what I'm basically trying to say is a lot of families are finding other ways to make it work besides using childcare. So um, it's, so families will be, yeah, making um, kind of their own, their own decisions that, and solutions that might be difficult to all tally all together, if that makes sense. Well, just as your report came out just today on January 10th, Governor Newsom announced that he would be delaying funding for about 20,000 child care spots due to budget shortfalls. What does this mean for the bigger picture? Yeah, so that is um, those spots that uh, you mentioned are part of a plan that the state announced a couple of years ago where they would um, they agreed to fund 200,000 new childcare spaces over the next few years. Um, first of all, those 200,000 spots don't represent like all the spots that are uh, of all the spots or all the children who are eligible but are not getting served that gap I was mentioning before. So first of all, it's not enough to fill that gap entirely. And then second of all, um, I like, yes, that, that is, uh, I've already seen that, that news today is, um, concerning a lot of childcare advocates. I mean, that just means we're going to have to, um, wait longer for that funding to come to providers. But at the same time, I think there are larger, or as I've been reporting on this issue, a lot of providers have been telling me there are these larger, um, workforce and structure industry, kind of structural issues that are preventing providers from serving more children, even if they had more funding. And that goes to the, that ties to the issue of why we've been sending back money to the state is because partly it's because we're not always able to use it because providers are so strained already. Um, providers can barely pay themselves. They don't have, um, like they don't have the staffing to serve more children. Um, it's so hard to find people who are willing to take very low wages and serve children, which is not an easy task. And when they could go, you know, like go to Starbucks or a fast food restaurant and probably make more money and even might maybe get benefits, whereas benefits are not always guaranteed in childcare. So in the childcare industry. So um, a lot of people I spoke to said that, you know, these kinds of larger issues need to be solved first before we just kind of throw more money into spaces because that doesn't guarantee that those spaces are going to be filled or that providers are going to be, or what it, what it, what it, what's probably more accurate to say is it doesn't guarantee that providers are going to be able to kind of fill in those spaces or serve those spaces, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, thank you for this overview. Is there anything else you want to add about this issue or about your upcoming um, installments? Yeah, so um, 
just uh it is a five part series or five four part series with a parent guide so um the next stories will be rolling out over january coming out on the weekends um and like i mentioned the next story is about how the subsidy system is not uh, is falling short for childcare providers. The first story talked about how it's falling short for parents. And then the third story will be about the unused funds issue, why that's happening, how much is being unused. And then the fourth story will be about one uh, California city that managed to find a solution to some of these issues. And um, I'm talking to them about how that's been going. And then, um, yeah, the one, one other part of this project I would recommend readers look into if you if you would like to is the we created a parent guide that tries to answer some of the basic questions that um families might have about childcare like where to find childcare uh what you should ask a potential childcare provider when choosing one um and how to qualify for financial aid so um and i think if i had any like one piece of um information to share from that guide it's i'd recommend um, if you're looking for childcare, uh, starting with your local resource and referral agency, there's one agency for every part of the state, and they can help you figure out if you qualify for aid or help you find uh, a local childcare that works for you and um, that has openings. So, um, and then another website you can go to is called mychildcareplan.org. Um, that helps you also find childcare in your area and it's um, pretty easy to use. And I, yeah, that's a really good resource I would recommend. Kristen Cicada, education reporter at the UT. Thank you so much for this report. Yeah, thank you.